Hi everyone and welcome to Spark Leadership. I'm Wendy Tepisomaledu, a senior behavioral scientist at CoachUp and the host of this show. It might be counterintuitive for some to think that coaching is especially important for already experienced and successful leaders. But in order to consistently make optimal decisions, even the smartest and brightest of us need the support of an accountability partner. And this is the case that my guest today, Dr. Mudupe Taylor-Pierce, makes based on his research on how people and organizations achieve success. Dr. Mudupe Taylor-Pierce is a scholar and a practitioner of organizational development and leadership. Over the past three decades, he has successfully coached and trained leaders in Africa, North America, and Europe. As the only Sierra Leonean with a PhD in leadership, Dr. Mudube was the founding dean of the African Leadership University School of Business, an institution providing a pan-African MBA degree to Africa's mid-career professionals. He is the founder and CEO of Breakfast Club Africa Leadership, an organization that has impacted over 2,000 African leaders with coaching and knowledge-sharing services. He leads a team of 32 coaches across Africa, and he is the curator of the Made in Africa Leadership Conference. Mudube has authored two books on leadership, Striking Sustainable Success and Tough Love. He is the alumnus of Capella University, Cornell University, and the United States Military Academy. I am so delighted to have you on the show. A warm, warm welcome to the show, Dr. Mudube. Thank you very much, Wendy. It is a pleasure to be here. Ah, your voice sounds like music to me already. Thank you. So, Dr. Mudupe, one of the standing features of the show is that our guests share one interesting fun fact about themselves at the beginning, and we wrap up the show with future predictions. So, let's get on with it. Would you mind to please share with us one interesting fun fact about yourself? Indeed, Wendy. Um, One interesting fun fact about myself is that I am a gospel musician, I both sing and play the piano, and I sing with a group called G7, and we have a couple of albums out, as well as some YouTube videos. That is super awesome and amazing. I'm tempted to say, please give us a one line there. But just out of interest, I mean, when did you start your music career, if I may ask? I started playing the piano when I was six years old. I'm the youngest of five children. And um, according to my mother, my older siblings were taking piano lessons and um, they were not exactly enjoying it too much. But I, without the piano lessons, would go to the piano and try to play what they were being forced to practice. So she figured out that perhaps this child has some talent. And so she got me started with piano lessons and I haven't really looked back since then. 
Wow, many talents, many talents. Thank you so much for being generous and just sharing your fun facts with us. So before we get into the topic of leadership, Dr. Mudube, um, you did a research study on success. Um, I mean, I came across the work that you have done. And I'm interested to know in the research that you have done about success, what did you discover that makes people and organization achieve success? Let's probably start there. Indeed. Um, I must confess, I've always been fascinated by people who appear to be successful. And as a young man, I would read books about, you know, biographies of Nelson Mandela and Jack Welch and, you know, Richard Branson and people like that. And uh, later on in life, as I became a scholar of leadership, I started really studying what were the common factors. And I found out that all of them shared three common factors. Factor number one was that they are extremely vision focused. All of them are very clear about where they want to be long term, whether it was Mandela and a freed South Africa. um, They knew it. They wrote it down. They visualized it. They communicated it. The second thing I found about all of them is that all of them were trustworthy and reliable. Their word was their bond. What they said was what they would do. They established an atmosphere of reliability and trust so that people would be willing to invest their time, talents, and treasure into their vision. And the third thing I've learned about all successful people is that they are voracious learners. They never stop learning. They always have a curious mind. And not just about learning about everything, but learning about things that are aligned to their vision. And those three things are what I found. And it was a little surprising because I was looking for other things. You know, maybe all successful people are humble or all successful people are, you know, from a particular part of the world. But no, it was simply these three things, that they are vision-focused, that they are trustworthy, reliable people, and number three, that they are lifelong learners. Thank you for those nuggets there. If you want to be successful, we've given you the secrets to success there from Dr. Mudupe, and that is just crispy, fresh nuggets. So let's transition to the topic of leadership. And maybe let me start by saying well done on the great work that you are doing um, on leadership in Africa. And so before maybe we go deep into the topic, I want to know what sparked your interest in leadership development, particularly in Africa? A number of things, Wendy, sparked my interest. And I certainly am blessed to have grown up under some great leaders, including my parents, my mother and father, who demonstrated good leadership to me at a time when I didn't even know there was such a word called leadership. And I also was blessed to attend the U.S. Military Academy, where we really learned about leadership. But my passion for leadership in Africa was probably sparked sometime in December 1994, when as a battalion commander in the Republic of Sierra Leone military forces, I had to personally bury five young men who had died under the command of one of my company commanders who had made the fatal mistake of 
directing his company into the path of another company in the dead of night by mistake. And that mistake was exacerbated by the fact that this company commander was under the influence of alcohol. So because of that mistake, friendly fire was, was exchanged and five innocent young men died. And as I was burying them, the question came to my mind, what did they do to deserve this? And the only thing I could come up with was that they served under a poor leader. And it became very clear to me that when leaders make poor decisions, their people suffer, Wendy. The corollary is also true. When leaders make optimal or good decisions, their people prosper. They gain livelihoods, they gain their lives. And that's when I knew that I needed to dedicate my life to supporting leaders so that they will consistently make good decisions. Because the reality is that just like that captain who made the mistake, there are very, very, very few leaders around the world, and certainly in Africa, who wake up every morning saying, gee, let me see how I can screw up the lives of my people today. When leaders make poor decisions, people suffer. A powerful statement from Dr. Mudube. Thanks for sticking around with us. As we dig deeper into the topic of leadership development, I was curious about what he thinks its current state is in Africa. So I asked Dr. Mudube to share his views on leadership development in Africa. It depends on whether you're the type of person that loves to see the glass as half full or half empty. On the positive side, there has never been a time more than today when leadership is more in focus in Africa. If you compare Africa 30 years ago to Africa today, today more Africans are conscious about leadership. More African leaders are aware and being held accountable by their people. At the same time, we still have a long way to go and the statistics bear it out. The fact that compared to leaders in the Western world, for whom 80% of Fortune 1000 company CEOs have coaches, and through those coaches, they are able to access thought partners and accountability partners who support them in making optimal decisions. In Africa, that number is less than 10%. So we have a long way to go, but there are some bright shining lights in Africa and people doing some wonderful things to both illuminate uh, the topic of leadership and to cultivate better leaders from a young age and also even current leaders so that they can become better leaders. Mm -hmm. um, with just what you've said, I just want to take a step back and probably ask what are some of the challenges that you think are in Africa around leadership from your perspective? There are plenty. I mean, the, a leader in Africa, in my opinion, has a more difficult job 
than a leader in another continent. And here's the reason why, Wendy. You see, in most parts of the world, all of us have three key circles. We have a friend circle. We have a family circle. And we have a work circle. Now, in the friend circle, you know, you could also include your sort of social circle, whether it's your church or mosque or those kinds of things. Now, in the Western world, typically, it is difficult to find situations in which those three circles intersect. In other words, the people that you work with are not necessarily the people you're going to meet at a local wedding or at church. And they're also not your family. By contrast, in Africa, often there is huge intersection between the three. That, you know, you may be working with people who are family. You may be working with people who you're going to see at a wedding or a funeral, etc. Now, that dynamic makes it so much more complicated for leadership. Because leadership is all about influencing people. And when a leader has to make decisions, and those decisions will impact people, it's much easier when they don't have to worry about making decisions that then they will impact other areas of their lives. But when you're a leader in Africa, and for example, at work, you need to make decisions about certain people's employment or salary or position or place of work. And you have to remember that that person is also going to be connected to you somehow through the social circle or through the family circle. That complicates the decision making. So for leaders, the job is much harder in Africa. And, and I'm connecting the conversation to where we started around decision making that we're saying central to leadership and some of the decisions leaders have made in the past have not been good decisions. So if you say that in Africa, what makes it complicated or difficult is the decision-making piece, what is it that leaders need to do to manage this complexity so as they are able to make better decisions? What leaders need to do in Africa to manage the complexity is two things. Number one, they need to get a coach. An executive coach is a thought partner and an accountability partner. And contrary to some people's beliefs, a coach is not a remedial activity for poor performing leaders. A coach is the secret tool that the best leaders in the world utilize. Think about the corollary in sports. Roger Federer, when he was number one, had a coach. Rafa Nadal, Djokovic, they all have coaches. That's how they become the best and they stay the best. The same is true for leadership. It doesn't mean that when Roger Federer had a coach, that means the coach knows more about tennis than Roger Federer. But the coach's role is to bring out the best out of Roger Federer. Same thing in leadership. So number one, all leaders need a coach. Whether you're the leader of a country, a community, a company, or your family, you need a coach. Because the nature of decisions that need to be made are such that it is useful to have a thought partner who doesn't tell you what to do, but asks you questions that get you to explore the possibilities. 
and also supports you in holding yourself accountable to doing the things that you know you need to do. So the coach supports you in becoming more self-disciplined, self-aware, and therefore making optimal choices. So that's number one. The second thing that leaders need to do in order to make those optimal decisions is to make sure that they regularly participate in some form of peer learning and knowledge sharing. And the key word there is knowledge sharing with peers. Now, why is that important? Because the reality is that as a leader, you don't know everything that you need to know in order to make optimal decisions. There is so much that you don't know about. And if you continually surround yourself with people who cannot help you to know more, then you will be consistently making decisions from a sea of unawareness. And if you are always surrounded by people who report to you or need something from you, they will consistently tell you what they think you want to hear. When you are with peers, then you give yourself the opportunity to hear difficult truths that you need to hear. And that's what peer-based knowledge sharing is all about. Leaders in Africa need to regularly access executive coaching and knowledge sharing, not just for themselves, but for the people who depend on them to make optimal decisions so that their futures will be brighter. Mm-hmm. Sure. Thank you for those powerful nuggets there, right? I like what you said, that coaching as that secret tool that leaders can utilize to be the best version of themselves or to be best um, leaders. And you also identified the whole notion of peer learning. How do you actually create an environment where you are learning from your peers? So let's broaden this conversation further. How does then leadership coaching in particular transform Africa, if every leader has an executive coach, how will this contribute to transforming leadership in Africa or Africa as a continent? Windy, it is sadly common for leaders to be in a situation in which they are making decisions that are suboptimal and not even aware. So let me give you a quick story about myself. In the mid-2000s, I got my first CEO opportunity in California, USA. And um, I was given a coach. <laughs> I wasn't given too much of an option. And also participated in a peer-based knowledge-sharing environment. And over the next five years, able to successfully turn around a $20 million company. Fresh off that success, I relocated with my family back to Africa. And um, over the next two years, we started two different companies. They were spectacular failures. Now, two years later, as I'm licking my wounds and trying to reflect on what happened, I tried to figure out what went wrong, Modupe. You know, what happened to the Modupe who could successfully run and turn around a company? And how come he screw up this one so badly. And the only thing I could come up with was that 
when I was back in Africa, I didn't have access to an executive coach and to that peer-based knowledge sharing. And as a result, I made certain decisions that I thought at the time were optimal, but turned out to be suboptimal, that then led to the demise of those businesses. Now, as I looked around and I said, okay, so I realized my problem. And so I looked around and said, let me go and find that help. And I looked in Sierra Leone, I couldn't find it. I looked in Ghana, I couldn't find it. I looked in Rwanda, I couldn't find it. I looked in Malawi, I couldn't find it. And that's when I realized, oh my God, this is what is missing. How many other leaders are there like myself Smart people, well-educated, well-meaning, wanting success, who are every day making decisions from a sea of unawareness that will then yield to the demise of their organizations or their companies or their communities. And I said, we have to fix this. We have to fix this. So that's how BCA was born. And this is the reality. And we, we barely scratched the surface, Windy. We've, we've impacted 2,000 leaders, but there are at least 2 million that need to be impacted throughout Africa. Even as we speak today, there are leaders making suboptimal decisions from a sea of unawareness. And we feel the impact every day, whether it's in, you know, power outages in certain places, or it's in the fact that you see companies in Africa that are not growing compared to companies in Africa that are owned by non-Africans. We see that every day. And this is an epidemic. I hope you're enjoying my conversation with Dr. Mudube Taylor-Pierce. Dr. Mudube has already alluded that Breakfast Club Africa has worked with over 2,000 leaders. And so I was interested to hear more about the work he's doing with his organization. I asked him to share what approach and methodology he's using with these leaders to accelerate the change that we are looking for. So our methodology is fairly straightforward in the sense that it involves two things. But within those two things, it gets customized to the needs of each individual leader. Remember, we are dealing with people who are already in leadership positions. They are already educated. They already are in their 40s and 50s, and in some cases, their 60s and 70s. So they're not in a position of saying they need to be necessarily taught about leadership. But what needs to happen is that they need that thought partner that supports them in making those optimal decisions. That's what the executive coach is there to do, to support the leader to achieve success. And for some leaders, that means, first of all, getting them to define what success is. And you may be surprised to know how many leaders in prominent positions cannot properly articulate what success means for them. And so that's part of the process. Then getting into, okay, so if that's what success is, then what steps do we need to take to move towards that success? 
and then supporting that leader in holding herself accountable to taking those actions that she has said need to be taken. Because the other role of the coach is to be an accountability partner. Because we all know that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So these are some of the things that we do. And for your listeners, I think the best thing that they can do is simply to experience that executive coaching. And I encourage anybody listening, just go to bcaleadership.com and uh, just follow the prompts and we can connect you to an executive coach. You can experience what that is and truly ignite your path to success. We all need a coach. We all need uh, peer learning as leaders so that we can make sure we transform our beloved continent of Africa. Thank you so much, Dr. Mudube, for validating the work that we're doing here at Coach Hub because it is indeed our vision to democratize coaching across all career levels that everyone needs access to a coach. And I think you have beautifully validated this vision and this mission that we are all about. So as we are about to bring this to a landing, uh, Dr. Mudube, we have this predictions, as I've already indicated at the beginning, would like you to just share with us what are your predictions about the future of coaching in Africa? What does it look like for you? I am reminded of um, 30 years ago, perhaps it was a little bit more, when Mo Ibrahim first informed some colleagues in Europe that he wanted to basically start cell phones in Africa. And he was ridiculed because the general thought was, these Africans can A, not afford cell phones, and B, you know, what value will they get from it? And to be fair, when he did come, he was still ridiculed because the average African said to him the same thing that my grandmother said, which is, what do I need this thing for? I have, you know, children. I have nieces. If I need to send a message to somebody, I can send somebody there. Now, of course, that kind of a story isn't being told anymore today because uh, as opposed to then, today, if I try to take the phone away from my mother or my wife, that's probably grounds for dismissal or divorce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I believe that coaching is going to go through the same kind of evolution. From where today it is either something that leaders don't even know about or have a misconception about what it is, that it's for, you know, mediocre leaders or problem children. But someday it will become not just a price for entry into leadership, but it will actually become something that every leader will find so essential that they will refuse to have to go without, that they will inform their companies that as a condition of my coming onto this company, I need to have a coach and that's going to be central to my success. I believe that every leader in Africa is going to have a coach. And when that happens, Africa will be so transformed at company level, community level, country level, parliamentary level, public sector, private sector, 
non-profit sector that we will not be able to recognize our beloved continent because it will look so different from what it is today. Wow, that is so profoundly said. I'm very excited with what you've just said because I think it's really trickling. Even from South Africa coming up, people saying, before I take this job, I need a coach. So I think you are just affirming some of the things that are already starting around the need of a coach. Thank you for that prediction. Dr. Mudube, it has been a pleasure and an honor to have this time with you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you so much for having me on. And I thank your organization, Coach Hub, certainly for the amazing work that you have been doing. And I thank the listeners for listening. And I encourage all of us to invest in our leadership so that generations yet unborn can look back and say, wow, we did our job. What an insightful conversation with my guest, Dr. Mudube Taylor-Pierce. Dr. Mudube has confirmed the need of coaching across all career levels. He's also planted the seed of coaching leaders in Africa through his amazing work he's doing in the continent. If you like what you've heard and want to explore more, head over to coachhub.com to learn how we democratize coaching across all career levels. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other streaming platform, please give us a rating and leave a comment. Thanks everyone for listening. On our next show, we'll tackle ethical dilemmas in coaching with a consultant, executive coach and ethics researcher, Maria Biquet. We'll discuss dilemmas concerning conflicting interests, confidentiality, clashing values and much more. I hope you join us. From everyone at Coach Hub Studios, have a wonderful day. Happiness.